Spartans! What is your profession? Welcome to Wolverine Nation. I say what I mean, I mean what I say, and I say what needs to be said. Global leader in military combatives. 45 martial arts world titles. Renowned actor, writer, and a malicious warrior with brutally honest opinions. This may step on some people's toes. If it does, then you're a special kind of stupid. (laughs) (laughs) This is America's Sheepdog. Kicking it with the Wolverine. Well, hello, everyone. I hope everyone's doing good. Here we are on the Legend Show. This is Wolverine, and I'd like to introduce Professor Gary Lee. Professor, you there, sir? Aloha. How's my animal doing tonight? Doing good, sir. Doing good. Well, just you know just training, putting it in. I know that. I know that I sound like a broken record, but I want to say thank you to the Wolverine Nation for what you've done for the Sport Karate Museum and allow us to introduce the movers and shakers of the martial arts community and outside the community. Because tonight, my special guest happens to be my blood daughter, but she's doing an amazing work in the community. But thank you, Wolverine. I just want to say that. Thank you so much. Yes, you're very welcome. Hawa. <clears throat> yep. So, Professor, it's it's up to you. It's time for you to go ahead and and bring on the guest and start interviewing Robin and and let's hear what what she's maximizing and and what's going on. So it's going to be a great <laughs> show. So I, I'm I'm excited to hear from her. So go ahead well, and and you've you got the talking stick. Thank you, sir. Well, you know, Robin Hockley has been a media specialist in the past few years. He has truly blossomed into a beautiful flower of perfection. Maybe I'm a little, maybe I'm bragging a little bit, ladies and gentlemen, but only because he is my blood daughter. He has it in her blood to be a performer to the public. To help people with their acting, with their magazine, with their radio show, with their speaking engagement, to her professional food blog, and there's no telling what she's next. I'm so proud of her. You'll never know where she'll show up. She is is an amazing flower, indeed. With that said, I'd like to bring on. The professional maximizer, Robin Shockley. Robin, are you there, dear? Yes, I am. I'm glad to be here. Well, we're very, very honored. We take time from your Uber driving, because you're a Uber driver too, to be on the show. <laughs> now, let me, let me say that you've been to quite a few legends. And we've showcased you, and you've got the Extraordinary People's Award, and you've been dubbed through the Sporkle Museum a professional maximizer. Explain to my listeners, Robin, what a professional 
maximize their NFTs? Well, you know, you are the, first of all, thank you, Professor Gary, for having me come on, my father, to be on your show. And thank you to Mr. Dean Powell for having this, um, this show for you to have. But um, the professional maximizer, you are the ultimate professional maximizer because it came from you. So do you want me to tell the story behind it and then explain what it is? It's your show, Robin. Go ahead, Rock and Roll. <laughs> okay, well, let me, I'll do that. Okay, so, well, back in May of 2010, I don't know if you can go back that far, but back in 2010 of May, um, you called me one day. And you said, Robin, I need to sit down. You sitting down right now. And I said, yes, sir, I am. And you said, get a pen and a piece of paper. And you said, I need you to write these words down. So I wrote them down. I still have a photo of what I wrote. And you said, you need to write, I am a professional maximizer. And I was like, okay. And you said, did you write it? And I said, yes, I did. And you said, do you realize what that is? And what you were explaining to me in your own words was, you know, that I am a trailblazer. I am someone who takes the potential that's in me and does it, maximizes it in a professional way in multiple, you know, realms. So what I did was I took the name that you gave me, Professional Maximizer, because you are the witness of original, ultimate, and I turned it around and I created a logo, created a business with it, and um, I created my own signature definition. So I'll read to you what a Professional Maximizer is. A Professional Maximizer is a man or a woman on the rise reaching higher in their personal life as well as career despite the odds against them. They are a champion in all aspects and chooses to see the best in self as well as others. This person chooses to think, believe, and achieve goals and is the trailblazer rock for all who connect. They walk in brave and bold identity as they choose to serve community and those close. They are fearless, courageous, making impact for future generations. And so when you spoke those words over me, you had no idea what you birthed in me. Not only you helped give birth to me, you're my seed, you're my legacy with my mother, but you birthed a vision in me that I didn't even know that I had. You spoke words. I'm a, I'm a believer of the power of life and death in the tongue. You spoke life into me back in 2010, that's 13 years ago, last month, and something sparked in me. I began serving community even more. I started having small businesses here and there. I used to have a thrift shop. I used to do Mary Kay. So I did entrepreneurship on a small level. But that stuck with me over the years, and so I I was able to give some of the awards out at, for the martial artists a couple of years ago in Houston, and then I turned it around and I did an online award ceremony um, where I uh, recognized people just online. Uh, but then, then this past uh, year on my 52nd birthday, I had the Unity Networking 
awards night. And one of these things that we did, we did four different events. And one of the things that we did was we issued the professional mastermind awards and presented them to over 19, I think 19 or 20 uh, professional maximizers from around the country. And so wow. we had the room feel. It was amazing. And some of your martial artists got it, which was awesome. Miss Karen, one of the ladies that we're honoring um, at your event in October, uh, Karen Herdman got, uh, she had gotten it. And it was just pretty awesome to see this vision of where you spoke words into me has come to life. And I've been able to maximize it in multiple ways. I have several different businesses that I run. I'm building my empire one by one. So I have um, several things that I do, as you had read um, on your description. Thank you so much for that description. Um, I am a published author. I've written a collaboration with a couple of books. I write for, I've written for numerous magazines, sports magazines, um, bold um, uh, uh, plus magazines. I mean, I've written for so many different magazines, and I still write uh, for magazines. But I started my own magazine company, which you're one of my contributing writers. I started my I'm own very magazine proud of company. that, by the way. Listen, yes. I, want to, I want to stop you for a minute. I want to stop you for a minute. Okay. I'm very proud of that, about the magazine, not just because I'm a contributing writer. I'm proud of the fact that now, with your vision, you get to reach the world, Robin. You get to reach yes. the world with a magazine. And, and what is... And you know what, Gary, what is so cool about this is because five years ago, let's back it up. When I was in high school, I dropped out of journalism class just because I didn't feel like I fit in. I've written multiple blogs about that. I didn't think that I fit the part, that I didn't have that confidence that I could take the class and pass. So I didn't even, I didn't follow through with the class. But I always wrote poetry, and then I've always just journaled. So social media evolved. So I started, when I went through my divorce five years ago, I started blogging. Because I was blogging, magazine companies were contacting me, wanting to me from around the world. They wanted to feature me. Like India was featuring me. Um, Australia was featuring me. I mean, and then people in other uh, states around the country. And then I started writing. They said, well, why don't you be a contributing writer for our magazine? So I started writing for the. So I started writing well, for the magazine, and I know it's because I chose to sow where I want to grow. That's one of my that's one of my platforms in speaking is to invest in other people for me to get a return. Um, well, and so honey, I let me, let me stop you for a minute. Let me just stop you okay. for a minute. I I put you in a group because you're doing a seminar October sixth at. Well, between one and three, I have a book to exactly get what time. But you're there yeah. with Mark Stewart, Karen Eva Herdman, Karen Spatcher, Dean Pyle. I mean, Dr. John Terry. But you're not a martial artist. But you have something like my son has, the great guy that's coming in to the event. He's the other motivational speaker. And that's the gift mm-hmm. that you have. You have the ability to not only make people feel good, but to motivate people to make them better. So you're a well, I'm a, I want to ask I you what will, you're going to teach at that seminar. What, what I speak on is I challenge the people when I do my speaking, when I do my motivational. And one of the guys that was in your um, 
uh, the seminar last year. He was a, I can't. He was a police chief, I think. I'm not sure. I can't remember what his name is. But well, he was there. Seven he, police chiefs there. Seven. <laughs> oh, are they? Okay. Well, I, he was. He was a black female chief. I mean, black male chief. And he he sat up. He sat in the group, and he said, when it was over with, he said, "Thank you so much." For you being transparent, because I shared parts of my story, and he said, cool. "Thank you for sharing your story and being trans, trans, um, trans, you know, transistent with us." He said, "Because that gave me the courage too to to help more." He said, "You're because well, I, I your testimony you of sharing your story it helps me to have the courage to keep doing what I'm doing." So, that if I can I bring an impact you, in that way, yeah. I want to ask you too, and this is important. You've had okay. your booths, you've had your interviews, where you interview so many of my friends and make them famous. That little three minutes of interviewing makes them famous. But I want to ask you, how do you feel for your 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 blood father has done? Because you've got an incredible another father. I want to mention your mother and your father, Johnny Thompson and Mullen. They're incredible because what they've done with you and what you because it wasn't just blood. It was how you were brought up. And yeah. that's why you have the blossom that you have now, Robin, to do all this. So God bless them. God bless Amen. them, Robin. Yes. Amen. Yes. And, and God, I got to say hi to Tyler. I got to say hi to Ella. <laughs> I got to say hi to Rebecca. I'm sorry. I got to. God bless you, Robin. You bless me with the family that I'm not part of it because I'm in Texas, but you brought them back to my heart. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm, well, listen, I'm, I'm very grateful you, for you. Yeah. One of the last questions I want to ask you, how do you feel about all these martial artists and people you've met at the Legends and how you feel about the Legends? Because you're coming back in October. We're going to be excited. To feature you, but how do you feel about uh, these guys like Mark Del Sancho and Steve Lambert and all these incredible? Yeah, people? you know, it's one thing I, I even like you said, I'm not an official martial artist by nature. Like I wrote a blog today and I've talked about you. And one of the things is though, it's what you taught. You you said that you know because you're in Texas up, but you have taught me so much. The what is it that you always say? The PMA, the positive mental attitude. Positive mental attitude, That's right. That's right. And that has stuck with me. And so being around the martial artist family, they have it's different than football. I wrote about this in your book when I, you know, I wrote a part of your sports um, museum book. But oh, the girls' you know, book that Karen did. That's oh yeah, I signed. I, I yes, I did a tribute in that. I did a tribute in that. But um. But what is so unique about the martial arts industry? It's not like basketball. It's not like football. It's not like soccer. It's not like golf. But it's a sport. But it becomes family. And what I like about it is because everybody, even if you're not in that sport, but you're affiliated with family or affiliated with somebody in sport, they still treat you as family. And so... Well, with that said, Robin... Okay, honey, what I'm going to say is, with that said, Robin, I'm going to bring you back at the end of these segments, and we're going to play the Legends name game. I'm going to get to okay. hit you with names. You get to talk about 
in depth, like Steve Parks, David Cash, and people that have influenced him become your dear friends. You'll get to okay. talk about them. Okay? I'll bring you back in just a minute, please. Okay. Okay? Ladies right. and gentlemen, I've been interviewing my lovely daughter, Robin Shockley, and we're going to bring her back in just a few minutes, and we'll do the Legends name game. But now I'm going to turn the talking stick back over to the Wolverine so I can introduce the voices. Wolverine, here you go, big guy. Okay, I'm right here. And look, Professor, yeah, you, I'm going to pass the talking stick right back to you so you can bring on the voices and, and start hitting the topics. That was a great first part of the show with uh, Miss Robin. So she's getting a round of applause. I mean, she deserves it. She's People, people need to realize, you know, what all she does and, and how, you know, much energy she has and how she gets around and how much liveliness and happiness she brings to people. Um, it's great that you have her on here. She needed to be on here as a guest, that was for sure. So that was a good thing. Well, but thank Professor, you, Wolverine. That's all the talking, and thank you for the talking stick, the guy. You're welcome. And I agree with you 300%. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I had a vision a few years ago to put voices from around the country in your homes to talk about topics that maybe we should talk about, maybe we shouldn't talk about, maybe we need to talk about. And these five voices that I bring you every week are incredible. Now tonight, I'm gonna introduce three of them and then we got an incredible little break. I get to talk about some really cool things. Can't wait to hear that. And then I'll bring back the rest of the voices. And that's what this segment is called. The voices. Now the first lady of our group, in fact the only lady of our group, she is from New Jersey and I will hold that against her. But she lives now in North Carolina. She was a PKL champion. She trained in Shoryu Karate-Do and now extensively in Kung Fu. She'll be at the incredible Living Writing with a booth, and she'll be teaching the advanced and beginning Tai Chi. She is mysterious, but she's my auntie, Auntie Karen Slasher. Karen, you there? Yes, sir, I am, Uncle Gary. So good to talk well, to you. Well, my introductions are getting better. I can feel it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, tonight's topic is interesting. And I know you have a very interesting view toward it. Here it is. The journey of a black belt. First dawn, the second dawn, third dawn, Yodan. Shihan, master level, and then your six, your seven, and then the eight, and then of course the judon, tipton, which is interesting. But anyway, how do you feel about that, Carrie Slatcher? I think that a lot of people have been uh, cheated out of the the intermediate ranks that they've been promoted so quickly or they've been promoted from third to fifth to seventh uh, 
so quickly and, it, and they didn't get to put the time in that's necessary uh, between the years. You, you grow and you change and you learn how to teach and you learn how to fight. And they uh, think that they've got it all and they don't. They don't have it at all. And it just, I, my, I'll put it this way. When I used to go to a lot of tournaments, like I said before, I was all up and down the East Coast. And I always loved it when the tournament director would bring in their teacher or uh, they would bring in like Peter Urban, who would have been the head of the system and how they treated it, treated them when they came in with such honor, such respect. And I used to love to watch the masters once they got there at what they were interested in. And every one of them enjoyed watching the, the tournament and all these people were lining up to talk and get, get pictures. They really would focus in. They wanted to see the good kids. They wanted to, they would stop everything to watch, a, uh, say a 10 year old do a, a hot bow form. You know, he'd stop, stop. And they would watch. They were still in it. They still loved it. They still got excited when they saw a good fight, a good fair fight where someone did a little kick and got a good score for it and the crowd went crazy. They still loved it. The yeah. ones that had been shortchanged, they, they didn't want to judge. They didn't want to do anything. They just wanted to walk around and look important and, and not maybe be asked to judge grand champion. They, they would do that, but they didn't, they didn't want to be there really. Not much. Only if they were getting some kind of applause, but the old guys, they were there and loved it. Karen, how do you feel about all these 10th degree black belts that have evolved in this past 20 yeah, years? I think that they've been, I think they've been shortchanged. I think they missed a chance to really okay. have quite a lifelong experience. And hey, well, you know, who am I to so say much. they deserve it or not? Oh, you're welcome. Well, no, I appreciate you so much and your wisdom <laughs> as a lady that brings to the table. Now, with that said, I've got someone very special waiting for my He is an American boy. He worked at Blago Magazine with the likes of Bruce Lee, Chuck Norris, and Joe Bullis walked the hall. He was an incredible fighter, beating some of the top competitors at the time. He was so good, an organization. The Tracy's organization gave him a school on the East Coast, and he built his reputation there because he was under the great Joe Lewis. Now, this man is an amazing man, and I'm honored to call him uncle. His name is Jerry Smith. Uncle Jerry? Yes, sir, I'm here. Well, I got you before your bedtime, sir, as my word is good. <laughs> How you doing tonight, sir? I am doing just fine. Fine, fine. Well, here we go, sir. Here's mm-hmm. the topic tonight. Journey of a black milk. First Don, the second Don, the Son Don, the Yodon fourth, then the fifth, Xi'an level. Masters level of most systems to fight basically to get to your sixth, seventh, and eighth. You have to deal with politics, whatever, and then let alone to your tenth. 
How does Jerry Smith feel about the journey of a bump? This is going to be great. I wow. love this place. <laughs> well, I was, I was sitting here looking at a course anatomy of, uh, of our system, which is Shuren Yu Kempo, uh, the five-level method, and looking at what you have to go through to get to just basically showdown. And we're talking about, you know, years of, uh, of training. There's so much to learn. And like Karen said, uh, these days, from what I can see, after 50 or 60 years in martial arts, uh, people getting promoted uh, so fast, they're cheating themselves because they really haven't. In order to teach anything, whether it's academic subjects, I have a my background is in uh, in in education. You have to learn how to teach. You have to understand how to actually uh, uh, grade what you teach and show a process of what the student is going to learn and explain that to them. And a lot of the guys that are around today really haven't went through a complete process of, of learning how to teach. And uh, one thing that is really interesting, I think, uh, everybody thinks from first degree to judon, 10th degree, is you have to, you know, there's all this information that you learn. By the time you get, as you said, uh, up to fifth degree, uh, you're talking about years uh, and years of training, and sixth, seventh, eighth, and so forth. It's not like you're going to be learning anything different. You're going to be learning what you know, uh, psychologically, physically, academic, and uh, uh, mechanical. You'll understand it because you're constantly, constantly uh, training and teaching. And uh, after 50, well, at least in, 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 in my system, the system that I teach, after fifth degree, you are not, uh, you know, you're not graded when you, if, you know, if you're going to be promoted, you're going to be promoted on what you've given back to the martial arts. You're going to be promoted on, 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 on what you've taught. You're going to be promoted by bringing students. And show I don't I you know after fifth degree I'm not that concerned about the fifth degree black belt has learned I'm really concerned about the students that he brings me and what he has taught them so the the the, the process is uh, you know by the time a guy I look at my guys I got guys that are in their sixties and a couple in their early seventies who are advanced black belts. And, uh, you know, they, these men are really amazing. They've been in the martial arts for years. They know how to teach. They know. Uh, uh, and uh, I guess my point is, after fifth degree, up to tenth degree, it, it's meritorious. It's what you've given back to the art. It's not that yes, you're going to kick a punch or strike any faster than you, you did when you were in your uh, teens or 20s. You might be in your 60s, but well, you know here, I'm going to make you I'm laugh a little bit, Uncle Jerry. But I left mm-hmm. Hawaii. I thought a fifth-degree black belt lived underneath a waterfall somewhere in Okinawa or Japan somewhere. I never yeah. thought that I would meet a Shishidan or a Judon, let alone a 
fifth-degree black belt, but, you know, I just find it fascinating. And I want to thank you for staying up for me, and you're you're so wise. Thank you so much for your wisdom, sir. And I hope that you would, hope you hope you have a great evening. Okay. Well, and thank you. you thank you very much. Call you tomorrow, sir. You bet. Now, did David Chambers get on the line? Mm. David Chambers. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay, I'm going to give you some. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I've got a special guest tonight that's going to be after our little commercial break that's going to blow you away. He is taking the place tonight of our professor, Tom Spellman, and he worked at World Black Belt, and then is Adam James. So please, stay tuned for him. It's going to be great. Then, of course, we've got the great James Moore. But now, I've got someone that was very special to the Sport Classic Museum. I've known him since he was in Archbelt. He trained under the great Fred Simon, a personal friend of mine, and he's also an A3 black belt underneath the Sport Classic Museum History Journal. That's people like Chuck Norris and Gene LaBelle and Bob Wall, a few cool people. But he's also represented of the AOK, the largest sport karate association in Texas. This is all cool. And I love him for all that. But what I really appreciate him for, he's won over five. That's right. Five Golden Greek Awards. The MVP of Texas karate in fighting and in kata. Ladies and gentlemen, it took me 17 years to win one. I'm so proud of him. We call him D.E. for short, but his name is David Chambers. D.E.? Yes, sir. How you doing, big guy? Today has been a blessed day. I'm feeling good. Well, I'm catching before the okay meeting. Give those guys my love. But here you go. The journey of a black belt. First to second Don, third Don, Yo Don, then up to Shion, fifth Don. And then the to the seventh and the eighth. And eventually the Judon, if you're lucky. Go ahead, sir. How does David Chambers feel about the journey of a black belt? My journey started with the excitement of being an advanced belt in the and Wing Chun, I was so excited about that, and and I never progressed beyond the advanced belt, but I was just so pleased because I I enjoyed it so much. And when I saw a black belt, I realized a black belt was that person who was saying, "I just graduated high school, I'm there." Well, some do say that's time to quit, and some say that's time to get started. Uh, then that second day is when you get to that part of an established black belt where you can actually teach students alone, where you are now saying I am a instructor where I can step out and open my own school and teach martial arts because I'm like a, a person who just received my associate's degree. I can go out and go to the work work for it. Then you had third and fourth day, and that person is equivalent to an associate's degree. Someone that says I can put my four years in and accomplish my degree, and that's what I 
field at a, a third or fourth degree black belt. And all of a sudden, you say, well, I've got my education, but somebody got to teach the ones who are teaching, which is the master rank. And I feel that when you get your master rank, a master degree in education, it says, no, I'm teaching because I'm at that level of a master rank or master study in the art. And I want to say that's the epitome of, of the art when you get to that master rank because it's it's so much that you really your eyes really open then and just it's tremendous. Now, but even masters need to be taught, need to be mentored, they need to have somebody to talk to. Well, in the education, they normally go to the ones who have a doctorate's degree. In the martial arts, we go to the ones who have a grand mastership, the ones who are the founders, the ones who actually say, I understand the way the technique was because we have found this, we put this together. So that grand mastership is the ones who can actually teach masters. They have a greater understanding. And then that final level is that ninth and tenth dan, and I'm still waiting to find out what knowledge comes from at that point because I think, <laughs> I believe when you come ninth and tenth dan, you become magical. That's what I believe. That's what I believe. So that's my Well, you're story. magical. You're magical, D.E. Chambers. What you've done for the AOK and what you're doing for the Sport Karate Museum. And you're speaking Friday night on behalf of Mr. Smith. And we're honored for you to be able to speak. So God bless you. You have a great evening. And thank you for being on The Voice. Now, ladies My and gentlemen, I'm going to turn the talking six back over the Wolverine. And guess what? He just introduced me again. Wolverine, here you go. Yes, sir. It's been a great first half of the show. Uh, so at this time, Professor, um, we'll hit the sirens to let everybody get their attention, wake them up, um, so they don't go get a cup of coffee, but so they can hear the upcoming events and the uh, – Things that you have to share with them right now, so well, you have to talk and stick well, back to you know, do your friend, little commercial Dr. break, Reggio Professor. Lee is in California, so I gotta introduce you, listeners, you incredible people out there in the radio world, to setvr. dot app. That means self defense enhanced training in virtual reality application. And you want to check it out, go to Google and just type in S-E-T-V-R dot A-P-P. Well, the reason why the Sport Karate Museum has anything to do with this adventure is because they're putting in the history general portals once you beat the hologram which they have invented. And once you beat the hologram, you get to learn about all the incredible people that have supported sport karate around the world. So remember, set VR.app on Google. Or if you want to hear more in depth presentations, go to our website, www. Sport Karate Museum Archive 
A-R-C-H-I-V-E-S dot com. You know, we're so excited. We had over 8,000 hit visitors last month at that website. So go check it out. And look at all the incredible history generals, ambassadors, the stories, the videos, and check out the treasures page when you go to the index. Now, with that said, I'm so proud to represent this next group. This is the United States, U.S. Martial Arts Film Festival. This will be at Stell, Arizona, October the 19th through the 22nd. And there'll be a couple of my friends there. Billy Blank, A.J. Storm, Ron Hall, Cynthia Rothrock, Don the Dragon Wilson, Art Camacho, Rick Ravery, just a few, my friends. But you know what? I've got the co-producer on the air with me, and he can give you some more insight. Here, are you there, big guy? <laughs> Good evening, Professor Geary. How are you? Thank you for having us once again. Well, thank you, Kira. How are you doing, big guy? Yeah, doing day. well. Always, always glad to be here in the presence of greatness. Well, I appreciate your your input. I appreciate you coming in October to create a beautiful booth at the vendor show. We're up to golly about. 52 vendors, so we're going to have a great show this year. And no uh, we're, we're very excited you know about what? being there. You bet, sir. Now, you got some more insights to what you're doing in, in Scott's yeah, we, we, we want We want the United States Martial Arts Film Festival to hopefully be, you know, uh, the kind of event that people convene and sort of create a new family, you know, an opportunity for for talented legacy veteran martial artists to to interact with newer emerging martial artists and and families and families so you know uh we we really want to create that kind of atmosphere to kind of uh keep the continuity of, of legacy and philosophy going on so you know we we hope scottsdale is that kind of environment to be there um we do hope we we had had a technical issue with our site recently so if anyone has gone there and had issue please let us know but once again it's, it's uh u.s United States MAFF Martial Arts Film Festival dot com USMAFF dot com and of course you know proceeds from any um, three or four day sit pass sales via the Sports Karate Museum we are donating what we hope is a is a acceptable chunk to the Sports Karate Museum to help you all keep your incredible endeavors going forward. Well, here thank you for your sweetness and kindness of saying that, but also you'll be honoring and celebrating the 50th anniversary of Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon. And no you're doubt. going to be showcasing all of Bruce's movies, and you're going to have the other movies there from our friends, like I said, Cynthia and Don and other people. You're also showcasing my dear friend, who will be there in October, world champion Danny Lopez. So that's Definitely excited. cool. Very, very it is cool. exciting. So thank you, Kier, for being on the show, and we'll see you weekly leading up to October. So give thank my you, love, Professor Gary. Leo. 
and thank you, Kira, so much. Always now, ladies best, and gentlemen, you know, we really take a lot of pride in our sponsors, and we appreciate them deeply. That's why we spend time and in-depth with you to understand how important they are. With that said, let me give the talking stick back over to Wolverine. Wolverine, go ahead. Here go, buddy. All right, Professor, that was a great commercial break, and now it's time for you to bring on the uh, remaining voices and then then bring Robin back for the Legends name game. Oh, and we got to well, do the segment with uh, Cousin bet. Eddie, too. But You bet. Well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, the voices are so important, and the two gentlemen I have for you to listen to are very, very special. The first gentleman... He is a writer for the Sport Costume Museum, a personal advisor of the Sport Costume Museum. He is the one that wrote the four-page layout on Judge Roy Kerbin last year in Masters Magazine. He's an A3 black belt. He trains in Okinawa Karate and Korean Karate. I want to introduce, I call him Uncle. But his name is James E. Moore. So, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. James E. Moore. Uncle Jim. I thank you, Uncle Gary. Appreciate the intro. Well, <laughs> you bet, sir. Well, listen. The topic tonight is very simple. The journey of a black belt. First to second Don, then the San Don, Yo Don, and then the Shihan level, Go Don level. And then of course the Sixth, seventh, and eighth, and eventually the Judon, Tenton. How does James E. Moore feel about the journey of a Bible? You know, I never really um, thought about it as as a journey. I think we uh, uh, most of us, um, <clears throat> many times, most of us have kind of the same story. We we grew up in a tough neighborhood. Uh, lots of bullies. Uh, never wanted to be bullied again. Never mm-hmm. wanted to have fear. And we wanted to conquer fear, and uh, so it often starts really with self-protection and self-preservation. Um, some people call it self-defense. The uh, in, in a kind of a funny way, we should be thankful to those people that may have bullied us uh, or made our lives more difficult. Because if it wasn't for them, we we never may have never found our passion and. And uh, once we realize the importance of the self-protection, self-preservation, uh, our passion really does take over at that point. And uh, rank, I don't think rank really means as much uh, as people outside the martial arts might think. Uh, it certainly is a reward, um, honoring one for all the hard work one <clears throat> excuse me, has put into the arts. Um, as one achieves next rank, uh, it's often motivation, more motivation to really believe you deserve that rank and then you want to be able to back it up. I, I've often heard people that uh, achieve the first dawn black belt, they get there and say, gosh, I achieved my goal. I'm now a black belt, but I still don't look like Bruce Lee or Chuck Norris. <laughs> so they say, I better start working even harder. And, uh, I think a lot of times the second dawn is really what solidifies the first dawn in people's people's minds. The um, now having said all that, 
I have to say, when I tested uh, for master rank, uh, that so much to me. I worked so hard uh, because I had to perform as well. And uh, I never thought I'd get to black belt when I first got into martial arts, let alone ever get to the ranking of or the designation of a master. And uh, when I demoed, I had a it was a, a Korean form that had about uh, 600 movements to it, 600 movements, and I had to demonstrate that. So when it came to that rank, I have to tell you, I really worked very, very hard uh, to get there. And uh, you know, my personal journey has also involved extensive work in the business world. Um, martial arts has been a key part and support system for my business activities for for all these decades. And, uh, and uh, Uncle Jerry made a comment that um, was kind of my con- concluding comment, was the same thing, is, especially as, I, as we get older and have more limitations. But I spent a lot of time thinking about how can I give back to the martial arts? What is it that I can do to, to make the arts a better place? And that's why I have involvement with this Fort Karate Museum, with... Uh, trying to write occasionally for for the museum and other other parts of of the of the martial arts. And with that, I'll pass the talking stick back to uh, Uncle Gary. Well, thank you so much, Uncle Jim. I appreciate your wisdom and your attitude. And welcome to the voices, which you're a big part of, ladies and gentlemen. The voices you get to listen to them every week on the Legends Show. But with that said, I will pass the talking stick over back over to the Wolverine. And he's going to introduce a segment that we have fun with. And I'm going to get Cousin Eddie. With that said, Wolverine, here you go, buddy. Here's the talking stick. I'm going to get Cousin Eddie. All right, sir. It's been a, it's been a great, great show so far. Well, listen. A lot of knowledge coming out of the voices, as usual. He asked me to introduce our topic tonight because he's really emotional about this. So here we go, Wolverine. Here's what you guys are going to talk about. A supreme Soki Hanchi Grandmaster in Karate. A Korean supreme Grandmaster wearing a red belt calls himself Hachi, and he has both stripes on his belt. Yes, 10 of them. Are you confused yet? At brown belt level, in most green styles, wear red belt. I am confused. If you're a supreme Soki Grandmaster Hachi in Taekwondo, or a Korean style, which you told me. Why are you wearing a red belt, which is Japanese? So is the word hachi. That's Japanese. I'm confused. Let me go get Cousin Eddie. Roger that. Hi. Roger that. Wolverine, how the hell are you? Well, I'm, I, 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 oh, I don't know all these. Doing good, Cousin Eddie. How you doing? How do you feel about it?
Well, you know, um, it's crazy because most of these guys that call themselves supreme or they give themselves all these um, crazy titles really hasn't done much of anything in the martial arts. You know, it's it's kind of funny that that, you know, people compete really hard nowadays and, you know, win a lot of world titles. But back in the day, people might win might have won, you know, maybe three or four world titles and then called it quits and then just lived off of that reputation the rest of their life and been like, hey, you know, I'm a supreme uh, poobah, whatever. Um, but most of the time when these people give their self-titles, they're more into certificates and, and, and accolades than they are making sure that they're a, a good martial artist and they're more worried about what people think of them uh, than instead of what they can actually do and what they can give back to the martial arts community um, with their teachings. And that is the unfortunate part. Um, when I see people like this, I generally just avoid them because, you know, I don't have anything uh, to say to people that, you know, um, obviously inflate their rank because they want to inflate their ego. And, inflated rank and inflated egos are two things that I just I just try to stay away from uh, because it well, leads you're to so you know, you're the smartest person I that's ever my met. opinion you know what I got you a rock I got it from Grand Canyon to my trip I will give it to you in October you like rocks well you got one buddy I got one just for awesome. you well, listen, oh yeah I love I rocks I will give that microphone back yeah. over that crazy Crazy, Professor Lee. Hold on, I'll see you later. I'll see you next week. Bye bye. Wow, he's crazy. Right. All right. See <laughs> you, bud. Another world Marine. He really is. But you know what? You know, I yeah. believe this, and I would just put my two cents in. That's good. You know, I'm gonna bring on Mr. Adam James, and Adam James, he worked at World Black Belt. And he's got something to say about black belt rank. James? Yes. Yeah, Adam. Hello? Tell our listeners how you feel about the black belt rank and the journey. Well, gosh, uh, first of all, I think it's awesome. I think that uh, achieving these accomplishments are an incredible moment for each person as they go through their journey. Um, I love what uh, Jim said earlier. It's, it's, a, it's a motivation. It's a moment to pause and reflect. Uh, so it has a great value uh, for each individual on their journey. It, it is something, though, that we kind of have to step back for a minute and look at the martial arts in totality and realize that many martial arts don't have belts. And those that do uh, oftentimes have, um, you know, various ways of going about it that is different, and it creates some level of confusion and um, this, you know, imbalance, if you will. Uh, we have to remember that belts themselves only came into existence probably about 100 years ago. And uh, probably one of the greatest instructors, Kishin Funakoshi, who in many ways is credited as creating the belt system, he himself uh, was a fifth on. He died a fifth on. He never promoted anybody above a fifth on. And so um, it was later after he died that they, the Shotokan organization famously ranked him as a tenth because the other karate systems were having sixth, seventh, eighth, you know, ninth, tenth degree black belts. And so the 
founder of Modern Karate, having the same rank, if not higher. Wow. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things we kind of have to remind ourselves that in many ways it, it's, uh, it's a label. And labels have um, limited value. They help us and motivate us, guide us, but they can also create a sense of fault and untruth of people's abilities. You know, there, there are people who have these titles, and it's almost more important to them to have this title than to train, be really good at the martial arts, you know, to have a, a real foundation of uh, skills and uh, excellence in their being. Uh, it was interesting for me when I was working with uh, World Black Belt, working with Bob and Gene, and, of course, I'm with Leo Fong. These are three guys who many people would agree are very very proficient in martial yeah. arts. But all three of them would never say to somebody, call me Grandmaster. All three of them would only say, call me by my first name. And it was interesting because I was having a conversation with Leo once, who, of course, along with being a great martial artist, he was a, he was a minister. He was a Methodist minister and a social worker. He had his master's degree in uh, theology and a master's degree in social work. A great work. man. Yes, and it was something he would often talk with me about is how, uh, for many martial artists, you know, we're drawn to this because there's other things happening in our lives, and martial arts gives us a sense of um, foundation and strength. And for some of us, it helps guide us towards a better understanding of God ourselves. Uh, but for others, there's this lack of, uh, for some, there's this lack of self-confidence, truthfully, the self-esteem that's deep inside of them. And so rather than being comfortable saying, hey, just call me by my first name, They'll tell people, hey, you got to call me by grandmaster, or I just won't feel comfortable right. talking. <laughs> you're right. You're I, right. I do encourage well, you know, everybody. Adam, I, want, I, want to, I want to say thank you for sharing that with me and our listeners. But I want to ask you, because we go back a long time, and you've been to a legend. You've been to an event that we've honored, you know, somewhat when we did Michael Dupasquale, rest in peace. Kelly, what's it like coming to a legend and being around all those incredible pioneers? Well, it's fantastic for opportunities to uh, meet old friends you haven't you haven't met in a long, you haven't seen in a long time to meet new people to build your network in the arts uh, community. Um, but it's also you know it's a celebration. It's an opportunity to give our respect to somebody like a Michael D. Wally, who's you know truthfully uh, not only himself but his entire family are pioneers of the martial arts in America. His father. First, um, one of the great instructors about the FBI and the CIA. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Well, God bless you, Adam. God bless you, buddy, for being on this show. And I can't wait to talk to you on Tuesday because you're on the show on the Tuesday night show on Parts Unknown. So, thank you for being on the guest tonight, taking the place of Professor Stallman. Appreciate it so much. And with that said, I'll give the talking stick back over to Wolverine. So we can close out the show with my incredible daughter. We'll bring here you go. Let's start with the guy. Thank you, sir. Um, yep. All right. So we sounded the buzzer there because we know we're getting close to bring Robin back. So we want to get everybody's attention and uh, let you play the legend's name game Thank you so uh, with Miss Robin, Thank and then you, we'll Wolverine. close Thank it out, sir. So back to you. Thank you, the voices. And now, Robin, are you there, honey? Yes, sir, I am. Okay. Listen, we we played, we created this years ago with a friend of mine named Bob Bob White, who passed away two weeks ago, called the Legends Name Game. This is where I'll say a name. 
and you get to talk about them for about two minutes because I'll meet you with a lot of names. Are you ready, okay. ready to go? I'm ready to go. Jamie Cashin. Two minutes. <laughs> My lifesaver. <laughs> I love Jamie. Jamie's a very good friend of mine. He's been my friend since 2011 when I came to California to see you host an event. And uh, I met Jamie, and um, he just immediately took me under his wings. And then when we were in Vegas for another martial arts um, event, he took me under his wing, and I hung out with him. And we've had we just have a great friendship. Um, I'm like his little sister. So, love, 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 Jamie. He's an amazing legend Doc, in martial arts. Superman, Superman, Dr. John Williams. You, I need more time with him. Dr. John Williams is my best, best friend, literally my best friend. And um, we have just hit things off. He's welcomed me in his home. We've traveled together, and um, he, him and his wife are amazing. But he actually is the ultimate extraordinary people um, person. He is he has the kind of heart of anybody I know in the world. Boris Croft. Mommy, she is the best mother in the whole wide world. She's got so much wisdom and knowledge to share with so many people. She's very quiet, um, soft, and reserved, not like how she used to be back in the day. But today, she's got so much wisdom she carries, and I, I adore her. I got a couple more. Colonel Phil Torres. Oh, my gosh. Yes. He always tells me the, the proverb. If you fall down seven times, you get back up eight. I adore um, Colonel Phil. He is an amazing man and an amazing um, family member in the martial arts. Super stuntman, Mark Double Santro. <laughs> My goofy, goofy clown around stuntman friend. I adore him. He's so much fun. Um, he has he's always playing pranks and jokes on everybody trying to pull me in to play them too and um yeah he he's one of my favorite people too he's great everybody needs to know everybody needs a mark in their life well robin thank you for being on the show tonight now i'm going to leave you with a little tidbit okay you ready okay yes sir back in the day in the 70s i was lucky enough to be a muppet I was I was working, I did a segment on Lila Moore, which is a Muppet segment on SNL. And the guest host that night was a man named Andy Warhol. And he was the guy that painted pictures of ketchup bottles and soup cans and cigarette cartons. And I walked up to one of the comedians and I asked him, I said, would you introduce me? Mr. Warhol, and things went on, and the show went on, but the party, the after party, he was there, and I walked up to him, cold call. He didn't know me from my humble beans, Robin. And I said, Mr. Warhol, sir, why do you paint pictures of ketchup bottles, soup cans, and cigarette cartons, which, by the way, he made millions of dollars on. He got, looks at me, and he says, young man, because back then I was young. He goes, young man, everybody needs their 15 seconds of fame. And that stayed with me, Robin, 
to this day. And everybody do and does need their 15 seconds of fame. And what you're doing, the magazine, the radio show, the movies, the engagement, you're giving people that maybe would never have 15 seconds of fame, and you're giving them that opportunity. And God bless you for doing that. And thank you for being on this show. Any closing comments? Thank you comments? so much. Yeah, well, one of my slogans I always say, continue to sow into other people, and if you choose to think a thing, you will believe a thing. If you believe it, you will definitely achieve it. Well, that came from my daughter, Robin Shockley, who will be there in October at the Legends for the seminar and the booth and her books, and she'll be signing autographs and doing interviews, and I can't wait to see her. And she'll be doing a seminar, too. So with that said, I'm going to give the talking stick back over to our host, the Wolverine. Wolverine. Well, that, yep, that was a great show, Professor. Um, great hearing what Robin had to say. Um and so at this time, Professor, you can go ahead and uh, close it out. I want to thank everyone for being on. So I'll just say, Osta Shinoi, Donatahe. And now it's back to you, Professor, for the closing. Well, thank you, Wolverine. And thank you, the voices. And thank you, our incredible guest tonight, Robert Shockley. And thank you, Justin, who's working so hard to make this show happen. And thank you, Dean Piles, who is the Wolverine, who created the Wolverine Nation. And you can go to Spotify, Amazon, Apple, and you can check out our past shows. This show will be on next Thursday. So we'll see you then, and we'll see you next week. And we always say, and we mean it from the heart, much mahalo. Aloha. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night.